Hello and welcome to this episode of the 5Ws podcast. In this episode, we are looking at the latest Marvel Studios movie release, Black Widow. Yes, the same Black Widow that Maka kept forgetting the name of and I was going to feature in the Free the COVID-4 podcast if I'd ever actually gotten it off my ass and written the goddamn thing. My name is AJ and I'm here with Maka. So let's get started. Spoiler warning, as always, we don't keep secrets here, so there'll be plenty of spoilers for this movie. You have been warned. Who? The star of the show is Scarlett Johansson, playing Black Widow for what seems to be the last time. Yes, this movie has a strange place in Marvel continuity. Since by the time the mo- this movie was made, Scarlet's character was already dead in the main Marvel continuity. And when I say dead, I mean dead. No comic book death coming back to life shit here. Thank fuck. What? The movie is Black Widow. The 607th movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Where? Oh, God. Shot in Australia, but mostly taking place in inverted commas, Europe. With those bloody annoying Russian accents. Fuck! When? Briefly set in 1995, then we jump to some time between Captain America Civil War and the last two Avengers films. Why? Well, one of the main bragging points of this film was Marvel being tokenistic, proudly proclaiming to the world, oh look, we've done a film where the superhero chick is the lead. Uh, Yeah, welcome to the 20th century Marvel, but it's actually the 21st century now. And DC is way ahead of you in that area. You get a C minus. Please try again. Uh, What about Captain Marvel? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was going to be, I don't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Start Start recap. In 1995, Russian undercover agents, super soldier Alexei Shotov and Black Widow Melina Vostokov <laughs> posed as a normal family in Ohio with their surrogate daughters, Natasha Romanoff and Yelena Belova. They have a mission of stealing information from S.H.I.E.L.D. and then getting their info back to the Soviet Union. Um, yeah, the Cold War formally ended in 1991 with the final dismemberment of the Soviet Union. And it took what became Russia quite some time to sort themselves out. So this mission is pretty anachronistic. Who cares, eh, Marvel? The surrogate daughters, Natasha and Yelena, seem to be having a good life in America. So they aren't too happy when the mission ends and their world comes crashing down around them. The family is forced to flee America in the first action sequence, trying to escape the country in a light aircraft. They just get away in one piece and fly away to the magical communist paradise of Cuba. An all right action sequence. Not too much is explained to the audience, so you feel a bit confused yourself, like the daughters, I guess. Once in Cuba, the family rendezvous with their boss, General Drakov. Of course, all of the adults are worried about is the completion of the mission, apart from Mummy, who was nearly wasted by the Americans and needs medical attention. Nobody really cares about the kids, who are scared and really confused. General Drakov has Romanov and Balova shipped off to the Red Room, 
along with the other girls for a nice course of brainwashing, sterilization, more on that later, and combat training. Yeah, we then have to sit through footage of young girls screaming while we are forced to listen to a really shitty cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Great work, guys. <laughs> um, useless trivia fact. Nirvana only ever had one song, according to most people. Any other Nirvana songs you hear are the product of a deranged imagination. Cut to several years later. Hopper is imprisoned in Russia. Why? I don't know. Who cares? While Romanov <laughs> defects to S.H.I.E.L.D. after blowing the crap out of Drakov's Budapest. Budapest? Budapest? Who cares? Office apparently killing him and his daughter, Antonia. Oh no, Natasha blew up a little kid. No way! Jump forward again to 2016. Romanov is a fugitive for violating the Shakova Accords. Is that Civil War crap or what? I can't remember. Seems like ancient history now. And the movie is probably 10 years ago anyway. Couldn't give a shit. No, it is. It is. Mm. She escapes from US Secretary of State Thaddeus Ross. William Hurt, getting so old these days, it looks like he's wearing a kabuki mask and flees to a safe house in Norway supplied by Rick Mason. Is Rick Mason actually a character in the comics? Don't know. That's Yeah, he's the only one I sort of didn't know about. Anyway, running and hiding, running and hiding. Not much of a life, eh, Natasha? Meanwhile, we catch up with Belova in Morocco. She is involved in some sort of covert activity in pursuit of a rogue former Black Widow. They are after her package. After a quick pursuit, Belova catches up with the rogue agent and ruthlessly stabs her to death. As the rogue dies, she sprays a red glowy chemical in Belova's face. The Red Room mind control is instantly broken, and before she dies, the rogue agent tells Belova to free the others. Belova removes the Red Room tracker from herself with a knife and runs off with a small case full of the chemical that freed her from mind control. The other Black Widows realize what happens and ask Drakova to activate the Taskmaster. One of the more believable chase sequences in this film, which is saying a lot, <laughs> and some very brutal and deadly violence. Nice to see them not shying away from the nastiness of this sort of thing too much, especially that stabbing. That was really graphic. Mm. Um, we get to meet Florence Pugh playing Belova, and she generally does a pretty good job across the rest of the film. Belova sends the antidote to Romanoff, hoping that she will return to help Belova free the other widows. Romanoff receives the package, but doesn't realize what it is. Instead, she puts it into a box of rubbish and takes it into town to dispose of. While driving to town, she is attacked by the taskmaster. The Taskmaster is very much like the Winter Soldier. Big, strong, and with a nice shield. After her car is blasted off the road, Romanoff struggles to get clear. It's only then that she realizes that the attacker isn't after her, but after the package. After barely surviving a pretty harsh battle with the Taskmaster, Romanoff escapes down the river. She discovers who sent the package, and she goes to see what's going on. Yeah, a pretty big action scene. Uh, very Captain America versus Bucky with the shield flying everywhere and stuff. Hard to believe that Romanov didn't break any bones at any point during that sequence, but whatever, that's only going to get worse as well. Romanov finds Belova in Budapest, where they promptly try to kick the living crap out of each other. Great stuff, nice violence. Romanov learns Drakov is alive and the Red Room is still active in spite of her best attempts to destroy both. We discover that she also tried to use Drakov's own daughter to blow him up. Nasty business. The sisters don't have too long to fight, however, as a squad of Black Widows arrive on the scene, leading to one of the largest chase scenes in the movie. 
They chase each other across rooftops, in cars, on motorcycles, only getting a few bumps and bruises with accidents that would leave most mortal humans in the ICU. We see one black widow manage to actually injure herself when falling from a building. She mustn't have been paying attention or didn't do the correct karate kick to survive. <laughs> <laughs> and she is then promptly terminated by Draco. Taskmaster turns up as well, but once again is evaded. For such a great soldier, Taskmaster is really shit at dealing with these girls. <laughs> the whole sequence looked like something out of a Mission Impossible film, yeah. which is fine if you're actually watching a Mission Impossible film, but this is supposed to be a superhero film. The action is crazy, over-the-top stuff, which is kind of believable if people have taken the super soldier serum, which these girls haven't, correct? I don't think they've I taken I think so, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. Or if you are wearing an Iron Man suit or armor, which these girls are not, or if you have the power of a god or a spider or something, which once again, these girls do not have. They're mortal humans. I understand the concept of suspension of belief and all that sort of stuff, but this movie keep, really keeps pushing it over and over, and it gets even sillier at the end. <laughs> What do you? What did you think? I, I just uh, that that one where they crashed the bike and they both went flying, but they're both st st okay straight after getting up. Yeah, I, I like, mean, oh. I know it, like they're supposed to be like super spies and being oh, like no. trained to to the you know oh. to know to probably to avoid and do everything. Yeah, but you're right. That, that, you know, there yeah. should have been a bit more damage. Yeah, damage or just toning it down. It it it, just, it takes me out of the moment. I'm sitting there going, no way. And, and then, you know, it's like, fuck this shit. So, yeah, anyway. The girls go and meet Mason, who supplies them with a helicopter. They said they wanted a jet, but I don't know why they wanted a jet for their next mission anyway. Next up, there's some random prison in Russia. The girls have decided for some reason that it's a good idea to break Hopper. I'm not your dad. I'm only your fake dad. <laughs> out of jail. <laughs> He seems to be having a good enough time there using his super soldier strength to break other prisoners' arms and the like. This is supposed to be a good guy for fuck's sake, but the girls convince him to use his super strength to smash his way out. Hovering over the prison in a helicopter, Romanov has herself lowered down to try to grab him from what looks like an oil rig setup over the top of a subterranean prison. The helicopter's rotors hit metal bars, but it doesn't crash, as fucking if. And there are guards everywhere firing their guns, but can't hit the helicopter or the girls, it would seem. And it's just fucking hovering there. Ah! <laughs> of course, when the girls shoot back, they hit their targets every time. Look, this is becoming an issue in just about everything. The trend was started by Star Wars a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And I don't care what anybody says, but it seems that trained soldiers, guards, bad guys in anything are totally unable to shoot the good guys. I'm truly getting sick of it. And in films like this, it is getting fucking worse. It takes a scene like this one in the film, which is staged really well with great effects from a good one to an absolutely shit one. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it just started to get a bit over the top and it's just like, come on. God. Like if, if she's able to sort of fire, yeah. what was it? a rocket launcher sort of thing and blow it up straight away and these yeah. guys and these guys couldn't hit the side of it you know yeah <laughs> a barn like, door fucking barn door. Oh. it's like oh my god it, it's just getting ridiculous it's everything is like this these days bad guys start shooting pew 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 and the fucking bullets just fly everywhere but with it oh my god of course the girls managed to successfully rescue daddy from an avalanche as well for fuck's sake and they ride off into the distance with him 
Their motivation for rescuing him was to find out where Drake got and the Red Room are located. But of course, he doesn't fucking know. He's so annoying, I don't know why they don't throw him out of the helicopter. So now, uh, okay, let's go see Mummy. This scene also features, which I haven't mentioned in the notes here, this scene features the part where they talk about being sterilised and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And he, he starts to get all nauseous and complaining. It's like, come on, you were snapping arms five minutes ago. Get over it. That's like, uh, I, I, I don't know. He, his character came across, I'll say more about this later. His character came across as too buffoonish to be likable in any major sort of way, I thought, even when they tried to, yeah, anyway. Um, so generally the pacing of the film isn't too bad, but it does slow down a little bit from this point. The girls are surprised to find out that Mummy is still alive. They thought she was dead. Somehow Daddy knows exactly where she is. They find her at a pig farm just outside St. Petersburg where Mummy is teaching the pigs to do strange things. Mummy developed the chemical mind control process used on the widows, so she is trying to expand it further on her porcine friends. Hopefully not in the bedroom, though. Mummy seems to take the reappearance of her family rather coolly, and they sit down for a family meal. The dialogue written for Hopper and Mrs. 007, which I'm just going to call her that through the rest of it, <laughs> um, throughout this film is absolutely terrible and the actors do the best they can with what they've got it means that neither character is particularly endearing and it makes a lot of the humor really 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 forced and this is a marvel pattern half the time yeah as i say which is which is which we know is a common problem for a lot of stuff in the mcu except for of course guardians of the galaxy Loki and loki for some reason Still the baby of the family, Boleva reveals that while they were not a real family, she believed they were so, and for some reason she still is inclined to think that. She storms off, angry that the rest aren't taking the family as seriously as she did. Hopper goes to confront her. Mrs. 007 and Romanoff go off on their own little personal chat, with Mrs. 007 being busted still having some sentimental feelings for the family. Mrs. 007 then admits that she has already sent a message to Drakov, letting him know what's going on and that his agents will be there very shortly. They are all then captured very quickly by Drakov's people. No standard fight to the death this time for some reason. And they are taken off to the Red Room. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Okay, thank God that bit of the film is over. It was cloying and sentimental, loading us up with all of that family bullshit that feature filmmakers get overly excited about at times. It really sucked, especially since they're only ever a fake family. On now to the long, drawn-out, and extremely unlikely climax. <laughs> the Red Room is a massive base hovering in the sky. Not very practical. In the Red Room complex, the fate of our heroes looks very dire. Belova is strapped in the bed, and the doctors are about to perform some of that wonderful brain surgery on her. You know, the good type. The type with no anesthetic. Yay. Romanov is locked in a little cell with a glass door with Hopper in the next cell and Mrs. 007 is taken off to meet Big Daddy Drakov in his office. She isn't with Drakov too long before he pulls off her face and hair. No, Drakov hasn't been taking cooking lessons from Hannibal Lecter. It turns out that Mrs. 007 and Romanov disguise themselves as each other so Romanov could get close to Drakov. For what reason? Wait and see. <laughs> this bit is so convoluted, it's hard to describe. You feel a bit cheated that the audience wasn't let in on their little secret. In fact, the audience was cheated 
buy this and it's kind of bullshit. Down in the cells. Since Mrs. 007 apparently designed the Red Room, hang on, I thought she was an expert on the chemical mind control, not a big baddie hiding in the sky and plain sight hideout architecture. She's able to free herself and hop her in Belova. Very convenient. Um, yeah, okay, whatever. In the evil clutches of Drakov, he reveals to Romanov who the Taskmaster is. It turns out it's... Dun, dun, dun! Antonia, his daughter, who was nearly killed by Romanov when she tried to blow Big Daddy up. Seems she was so severely damaged that Drakov had to put a chip in her head. As a result, she survived but also became a perfect soldier as well. More convenience. She is capable of mimicking the actions of anyone she sees, including several Avengers. They never really explained what chip. Was it a salt and vinegar, a plane, a chicken, <laughs> a burrito? Who knows? Um, gee, evil daddy turning his child into a weapon to use against his enemies. Where have I seen that before in a comic book film? So, yeah, that was uh, X-Men 2. That was a film where William Stryker used his son who was crippled but had the big mental telepathy to confuse all the mutants into trying to... Um, Using the um, <laughs> forgotten, what what was the you, you, Cere Cerebro? Cerebro? Yeah, you, Cerebro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Using that to try and kill all of the other mutants in the world. It was almost exactly the same as this movie here. It's like my child was crippled, but I've turned them into a super weapon to use against people <laughs> that I hate. And, and I, I, I don't know, I've seen it done before. And to me, it was kind of plagiarizing a bit. Yeah. Romanov okay. attempts to kill Drakov, but fails to harm him due to a pheromone lock installed in every widow. Well, the ultimate silent but deadly. She can't kill him because he smells so bad. Because he has to constantly keep farting to keep the widows <laughs> off him. Crazy filmmaking here. Drakov reveals that he controls widows worldwide by his desk console. Apparently, he has widows in strategic places all over the world, ready to help him seize control whenever he wants. Wow. So much power. Why the fuck hasn't he used the power already? Yep. This guy really does the bad guy monologue really well, explaining <laughs> all of his plans to the hero so she can ruin his plans. And if he hadn't have told her a fucking thing, she wouldn't have known what to do. Yep. I don't yep. blame yep. the Incredibles for taking the piss out of this sort of sort of stupid cliche. If he hadn't have told Romanov every single detail of his plan for world domination. Ah, anyway, let's get this over with. While this has been going on, Drakov has sent Taskmaster off to deal with the others. Why Tasmar wasn't given the job of killing Romanov first is way beyond my understanding, and I suspect the script writers. Hopper battles Taskmaster while Mrs. 007 eventually takes out one of the facility's engines. Valeva searches for the other widows who are sent to protect Drakov. He could have used the Taskmaster to protect himself and sent the widows off to deal with the rest of the family, but no, that would make too much sense. Together, Hopper and Valeva lock Taskmaster in a cell. Um, yeah, the way to deal with the perfect soldier. Yeah. And they just leave him, leave him, her there. Just when you think the action couldn't get any more crazy and unrealistic, they decide to ratchet things up again and again. Back with Drakov. Romanov intentionally breaks her nose, severing a nerve in her nasal passage so she doesn't have to smell his farts anymore. Free from the destructive power of his flatulence, she is then able to attack him. She doesn't kill him, though. No, that would make too much sense. Or maybe she wants to smell his farts again someday. Just as she gets the upper hand on farty big daddy Drakov, 
the rest of the widows arrive just in time. Seems that they are also immune to Draco's farty charms. They let him escape, probably worried that if he does keep farting around them, he might actually accidentally follow through, which would be really bad for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pheromones, eh? All that taken his disposal, that was the best way Draco found to control Black Widow. Definitely something kinky going on there in a disgusting kind of way. The widows proceed to beat the living shit out of Romanoff, but of course she just gets a little bruise on the face. Bulova then releases the glowy red entertain on all of the girls and they settle down. Yay. They run off to escape Dracov's farts now that they can smell them coming out of his dirty bottom. (laughs) The Red Room, after Mrs. 007 efforts, is now trying to simultaneously fall from the sky and explode at the same time. Considering that Dracov has been letting them go out of his backside in that place for years, it's a case of he who smelt it dealt it, and he barely has enough time to realise that Romanov has stolen his ring, lol, 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 when his fatulence ignites around him, incinerating himself and the last few guards. (laughs) Romanov gets into the control desk and copies the locations of the other widows worldwide as the facility continues to explode and fall with Dracov's Drain knobs fight gas everywhere. <laughs> Seems that the rocket engines holding the red room in the sky were powered by Dracov's farts, and now he is dead. It doesn't have long to go. Romanov retrieves the two surviving vials of the antidote. Just as she is about to escape, she finds Taskmaster locked in a cell. Romanov can't smell Dracov's farts anymore, and Taskmaster wears a helmet to protect herself from the farts. Romanov frees Taskmaster from the lock cell rather than letting the flaming fights bury her by mistake. <laughs> yeah, the pace has really picked up now and we're just plowing through the farts towards the end. <laughs> just don't take any time to think of little things like, oh, I don't know, logic, uh, the limitations of the human body, physics, uh, kinetics, all of the like. Just sit there and enjoy the flashy, flashy and explody. Mrs. 007 and Hooper, sorry, Mrs. 007 and Hopper escape via a plane and Bolova takes out Dracov's helicopter by lighting his flatulence, killing him. His last effort might have been a bit of a wet fart as his men looked, as his men looked disgusted. <laughs> Romanov gives Bolova a parachute before bailing Taskmaster in a free fall. Wait, what? Is this point break or something now? <laughs> After landing, Romanov uses the antidote on Taskmaster, freeing her from servitude. More like freed her from the servitude of smelling her daddy's farts. The freed widows arrive as Belova, Mrs. 007 and Hooper, Hopper, (laughs) say goodbye (laughs) to Romanov. She gives Belova the last antidote vial and the portable drive, telling her to find and free the other still mind-controlled widows. As they leave with Antonia, Romanoff awaits Ross and his men who have arrived to apprehend her. Return of the William Hurt Kabuki mask. Two weeks later, Romanoff reunites with Mason, who supplies her with a Quinjet. She leaves intending to free the imprisoned Avengers. Yay, movie over! In a post credit scene set after Romanoff's death, Belova encounters Contessa Valentina Alad- Allegra. Elaine from Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine assigns Clint Barton, whom she claims is responsible for Romanov's death, as Belova's next target. 
Ooh, uh-huh. Ooh, how does this fit into the continuity? I wonder. Okay, I'll go through some of my general notes. You stop me at any point you want to say something about this <laughs> shit. Um, I liked a lot of the performances, particularly Scarlet. She's really grown into this role. And now, bang, her, freak, her character is freaking dead. What was the point of this movie apart from contractual obligation? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it have made more sense and had more dramatic impact to kill her off in her last film? Duh! So it was just contractual obligation. That's all it was, wasn't it? Just I think pretty much, yeah, yeah. Oh, they could have and and to give her a pat on the head because she she <laughs> she <laughs> never got to sort of like you know there was a Captain America solo movie, there's an Iron Man solo oh, movie, yeah. there's yeah. all that and four solo movies. So let's give yeah. her a you know a farewell solo movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. The rest of the cast is pretty good. Special mention to Florence Pugh who did a good job with some shit lines and jokes, especially the landing post stuff. That just got tedious after the first time. Yeah, um, uh, so I thought- yeah, I know. But, but when she did it, it was like when she landed and said, this is fucking pathetic. You tell yourself that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought it was tedious and unfunny. I guess you'll be the next Black Widow? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that character actually did become Black Widow in the comics. I even know okay. Natasha is back. But yeah, she sort of took over the role for a while. So I assume, yeah, she's going to be the new Black Widow for the MCU. Okay, fair enough. Um, Hooper and Mrs. 007 did the best they can with some shit, with some shit script that did not serve them well. Too bad. Next time, read the script before signing on, eh? They should know better they're old enough. Hooper's character could have been really cool, but to me, he simply wasn't. What are you? Yeah, I, I don't know what happened with that. Like, when they were sort of back, it was at 95. Mm. He seemed quite focused and intelligent, and yeah, he you seemed know, like a different straight, person, didn't he? And then it's a completely different character. I mean, yeah. I, I can understand maybe because of what happened maybe to him in prison and whatnot, but like still, he became sort of a goofball. And yeah, was kind of like, an absolute what? goofball. When, when, in and America, he is supposed to be the Russian version of Captain America. It's like, come that's on, that's what I mean. That, that's why I think they should have tried harder. To make him cool instead they do jokes about him barely fitting into his costume anymore and it's like oh man it, it could have been cool um ray winston did the best with what he had as well but it wasn't much i i, I do like him as an actor but yeah i like him as an actor i'm surprised that by the accent <laughs> i just oh. i'm so used to him being a geezer and sort of like just oh, yeah fucking, but, just but fucking that, that was the thing. Off. <laughs> that's what i was whinging about right at the start Every, everybody's just throwing on their bodgy bad russian accents mm. and it's like it would have made sense that they just uh ah uh, i don't know um so olga i can't remember her surname was absolutely wasted as a taskmaster you might not have seen her in much i've seen her in a few things well sure you, you i did had no idea who she was like, until you sort of mentioned that she was yeah in the um quantum of souls the bond movie and i said what yeah. she, she yeah. was like the, the second billing and here she is like yeah that's it a I mean. cameo <laughs> way, way down the list in a cameo where you see her for about three or four seconds and she's got that fucking horrible makeup on just just really really mm. strange she would have been they would have done better using her as a higher up sort of black widow which i guess she kind of was but but yeah just yeah or, or just had more footage of her without the mask without the helmet on but i think that i think her makeup was a bit on the disturbing side so yeah but it could have been anybody in that suit lol the script for this film needed a lot of work it seemed that scarlet was getting the best lines and everybody else 
was left was getting the dog shit that was left over. Um, as for the plot, there wasn't really much of that, which is too bad for what could have been such an epic film. I would have thought I, if I was Scarlet, I'd be a bit pissed with that as a send off. But anyway, um, the effects were great. Red Room was all right, but the prison in Russia that Hooper escaped from looked really good, considering the fact that was, I'm sure that was mostly CG. Um, is the Red Room in the comic? I think it is mentioned, but I'm not sure if it's in the, like there, there's a, oh, is it Crimson Guard? Like it's the Russian version of the Avengers where, yeah. where like Hooper's character is, as I said, it's the, like the Russian Captain America and there's some other sort of similar type, all that sort of stuff, the similar, some similar, similar sort of sort of characters yeah. uh, in that where I think the Red Room might be where they're from, but they're, they're called something else. But yeah, it's just, yeah, this, yeah, I mean, it's, I sort it, of enjoyed some of the elements of this movie, but yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean, good on Aussie Kate Shortland being the director. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it might have I'm opened some... I'm not faulting her, I'm not faulting her. No, no, it might have opened yeah. some doors for her, hopefully yeah. for, for some future MCU work or that sort of thing. But yeah, it just, they just said the script, you know, she, she's work, you're working with what you've got, I guess. <laughs> You would think, oh, I don't know. Once again, first draft, first draft is the last draft, is my suspicion. Yeah. I, I just don't think many people are touching these scripts once they've written. I don't think they're setting it off for major rewrites. That's what it looks like to me. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, as noted before, a lot of the stunt work and things we are expect um, with a lot of the stunt work and things we're expected to believe. Uh, people were really over the top, which was annoying as it keeps taking you out of the moment of the film because you're sitting and it's like, how the fuck they survive that? How the fuck they survive that? Mm. Come on, nobody could survive that, that sort of thing. And, and what you know, you can do it to a certain level for a certain point, but you've got to show that your characters are starting to at least take a bit of hurt for it and that sort of thing, but not in this film. Like I say, like if anybody comes out with, you know, a bump on the nose or a bruise or something like that, certainly no fractured limbs. I think they need to tone it down unless you're dealing with people who've got the super strength or the armor, whatever. But yeah, I really felt spoiled by the Loki series, which didn't help this. Loki had great scripts and awesome action. This by comparison did not. And you know, this is a feature film. They're supposed to put more effort into feature films, aren't they? Um, I think it's time we start to find out what Contessa Valentina Allegro de Fontaine Elaine is up to. Um, that would be fair on the audience now. Now that was supposed to be her first appearance, wasn't it? From what I yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You, yeah, you reminded me about that. Yeah, yeah, that was supposed to be her first appearance, but because because of the delay in the film, and um, it just basically ended up being that um, Captain America was her first appearance, and this was her secondary appearance. So I don't know. She she can't be the main next phase villain for the MCU. She must be either helping somebody or leading up to something I would have thought a bit of a yeah, harbinger yeah. sort of thing, you know, an indicator for, Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so yeah. Any other thoughts about this wonderful film? Um, yeah. Well, I just said like, I, I think you know, the Elaine's character and obviously it's all going to flick over to the Hawkeye TV series that's coming out later in the year. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I sort of like, I, I don't know if these characters are sort of good enough for, for movies, I think it's, I think it feels like it's all sort of just fleeting down into TV series, which I don't understand. Like with the, with the captain, I don't think that could be another captain America movie. I don't think it's just, as, as you said, we, we've sort of didn't really enjoy Falcon and Bucky. 
Yeah. And I, I think that's something that should maybe stay as a TV series. And like, I, I just, I can't see it sort of going, going great guns as a, as a movie. And, and yeah. And, and also like we've waited over a year for this and it's kind of like, I know, I know. Yeah, you, you would have thought, oh, we all have this extra time now. Let's tweak things a bit, or let's, yeah, it probably could have done with a recap. The, I don't even know how long it went for. It must have been, you know, usually about two hours or something like that. It didn't feel like it was taking too long. You know, I wasn't sitting there watching the time all the time. No, no. But, but, um, I, I don't know. Just, just if anything, there's probably a few more bits that could have been fleshed out more. Um, that sort of thing. So. I, I would give this three out of five. Yeah, me too. Three out I mean, of I think five. I like, I don't, I can't remember what I gave Tomorrow War. I think I like Tomorrow War more than this. I, I, don't, uh, I don't know why, but I'll just. Oh, I, I think, I think because it's a bit fresher. I think, I don't yeah. know, we, we've seen a lot of this stuff done before, you know, racing around and chases and killing this person and killing that person. And once again, we've got to believe that this guy's been in the background for the whole time during the rest of the MCU movies. And all that sort of stuff with that big, super advanced um, red room flying in the sky and all that sort of stuff. And him sitting there formulating his plans, but not actually carrying them out and all that sort of stuff. Uh, th- that to me was probably one of the most screamingly bad parts of the films. Oh, Natasha, here's my plan. I will tell you every little detail. I know. That's what we were, I was saying when we were watching it. It was just like... Yeah. Oh, you know, keep give, give why don't you tell tell her everything? Why don't like, <laughs> give me a credit uh, card number, dude? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Natasha, can you smell something a little bit funny in the room? <laughs> um, so what's next on the agenda for Marvel after this? What's I think I think it's Shang-Chi. Uh okay. It's in the in in the movies. Um yeah. TV, I think it's what if I think I think we've, as we've mentioned before, yeah. um, so it's it's what if and Hawkeye this year. Is there anything else this year? Like, it, it's well, it's, I think I saw something about Miss Mar Miss Miss oh, Marvel. Yeah, that, that is supposed to be yeah that that's supposed to be later in the year as well. So that's yeah. a pretty pretty steady slate of stuff they've got coming out because they've got the Shang Chi yeah. Shang Chi movie, and then they got Eternals. I think Spidey comes out in December. Oh, okay. Is that is that full on MCU now, or is that still MCU versus Sony sort of shit? I think it's still MCU Sony, but obviously it being well, they're not saying it's definitely multiverse, but they're obviously taking. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Lead from from the MC, you know, the the Disney Marvel MCU yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I I just I, I okay. I'll I'll put it like this. I I personally really wasn't expecting that much out of this because i know what these films are like these days so mm-hmm. i wouldn't describe it as a disappointment but i would describe it as it, it just it needed a lot of tightening up it needed it, and like i say to me the script was the main thing in era the effects look fucking awesome i thought a, a lot of yeah, the yeah, yeah effects looked really great uh all that well, we've had an extra year to work on them well yeah you'd think <laughs> so so uh, not like cats but anyway <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so I don't know any more to add. It's, it's like I say, it's just really unfortunate that um, Scarlet goes out on this. And so that's it. Absolutely. For her, is she going to come back and do herself in what if or anything like that maybe, or. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I think maybe they, they, they want to, um, what's the name? Florence Pugh. Florence, Pugh yeah, yeah. I think they probably want to lead with her now. I think they've sort of, 
you know the the phase one heroes oh, other than okay. other than yeah. Hemsworth yeah. I guess yeah. is is uh, uh, you know they they don't want to sort of make mention I even though I th- but it's saying that I think Robert Downey Jr does supply a voice in what if yeah um but yeah I think I think they want to move on with their new black widow or white widow whatever yeah. she, no whatever she's blonde widow whatever she's going to yeah. be called yeah. Yeah. um and sort of you know go, go onwards and upwards i guess sort of trying with the mcu well i don't know looking at this this is um this is probably one of the first sort of like solo films like this they put out for a while that's only really got one of the heroes in it because the last few have had multiple sort of um heroes or characters in it sort of thing um there might have been a place for the hulk in this because you know that's the character she's got and i had an emotional attachment to you would think well she seemed to have the hots for um that was it the Mason dude? And I was like, I said, I have no idea yeah. who this guy was. And yeah, yeah unless exactly. he has been mentioned in the past, but uh, I, 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 I know, I know there's an article um, on one of my comic book sites, I think like when this was released, but obviously I, I've yeah. held off sort of trying to get spoilers, but he actually, uh, I don't know what role he went for, but he, uh, he auditioned for another role in this movie. Uh, but I'm trying to think mm. there are any other characters that I can think of that sort of, were associated because no. I don't think she, he would have played any of the Russians. So no, just, no, I, that's I, really weird. Unless there was somebody who hit the cutting room floor, that does well, possibly, yeah, yeah. As well. So yeah, I don't know. I have to look into that one. So okay. unless he went after the Taskmaster before they, you know, wrote, made it the daughter. Because as I said, I kind of had a feeling that when I sort of I thought it was actually Mrs. 007 was Taskmaster. Yeah, I thought so at one point too. until and then they then and, and until they sort of went. Oh, hang on! They, those two can't be in the same room together. So obviously, it's not. <laughs> obviously, it's not. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, I guess we've got enough out of this one, so we'll wrap it up there. So thanks everybody for listening, and um, just listen out for more action-packed reviews in the future. Have a good day. Dos, dos vidanya. Fucking Russian accents. <laughs> oh God! Yet, 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 Kill the monkeys. Oh no, no, nine, nine. Oh my God! I think I prefer the German accents. Who, what, where, when, why? How many ways can you lie? How many ways can you try? How many ways can you die? <laughs> I, I just call him Hooper. Hooper, Hopper. Hopper. Hopper from, <laughs> Hopper from Stranger Things. <laughs> oh, this um, is going to be fun. <laughs> just as she, just as she gets the upper hand on farting Big Mac. Oh fuck! <laughs> uh, probably worried that if he does keep fighting around them, he might accidentally fall. <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) 